No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. The kings of Western Canada reside not in Los Angeles, but in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, the Winnipeg Jets, having previously defeated the Vancouver Canucks, having previously defeated the Edmonton Oilers, defeat the Calgary Flames tonight, winning their third consecutive game against a team from Western Canada, resulting in my giving them a royal proclamation. Gentlemen, good to see you both. A happy new year to you both. It has been too long since we've all been back together in the same city, in the same province, in the same YouTube uh, video. It's good to see you fine gentlemen on this Tuesday, the 3rd of January. Happy New Year to you both. Well, looks like Ez is frozen. Don't know what happened to Big Daddy, but <laughs> hey. We're gonna, off to a gonna... stellar start as per usual. Yeah. You wouldn't have it yeah. any other way. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I mean, we already, Drew, Ezzy and I already rang in 2023 in uh, spectacular fashion. And I guess, you know, as he just, he's frozen in time. He's immortalized in the, you know, as we often say here on this show that Ezra Ginsburg is a man of few words. So as he, we're going to give you the floor. What do you have to say about 2023 so far? Okay. Well, he doesn't have much to say, Drew. So I think he's, he's, more, he's more articulate than he's ever been before. And now he he's is, gone. It, just like yeah. he's, he's back to Mexico. Now, yeah. <laughs> I think he's actually at Spencer Sutton's right now in the hot tub. I think he found his way <laughs> to Sage Creek and he's having a party with, with Spencer. Although according to Spencer, I'm just some other guy. Just saying. That's Anywho. Okay. That's you're all not just good. Some other guy in my mind, Dave. You're, you're, I appreciate you're that. You're number one other guy in my time. In my let's mind. do this. Let's do yes, this. Welcome I, back to Winnipeg, Drew. Thank you. It is a pleasure to be home. Uh, had a lovely time down south as uh, you all got to experience the grandfather clock in action. I was not able to smuggle it into my suitcase and get it across the border despite uh, repeated requests. But I'm scouring the marketplace for a grandfather clock that I can hang behind me so that you all have that little taste of Kentucky on a regular basis here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, Dave, uh, look, uh, another entertaining contest for these Winnipeg Jets. And this almost seems like it's going to be the last contest where they're fielding this, or they're icing as the case may be, this sort of AHL-influenced roster. Because we know that yep. the guys... Rick Bonus said it earlier tonight. He said that had this been a playoff game, Ehlers would be in the lineup. Schmidt would be in the lineup. So health is on its way for the Winnipeg Jets. And you're going to see a much more, uh, I'm going to use the word normal, based on how the preseason and how the and how the yeah. uh, uh, expectations were likely for it to be in the lineup on Friday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But the Winnipeg Jets said, no bother. We're going to persevere. We're going to continue with uh, the solid play that we've seen all year round. And with yeah. tonight's win, they improved to 24-13-1 on the regular season through the first 38 games. It's impressive. I mean, it really is. And it seemed like the world was ending when the Jets hit a bit of a skid and lost four or five or something of that nature and not something mm -hmm. we were used to seeing with this group. And they've turned it around. And, and largely, largely, 
you attribute that to 37. I mean, his, his play in Edmonton was phenomenal. His play for the majority of this game was mm-hmm. pretty phenomenal. So it starts for me, of course, with number 37, 44 again. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. And like, you know, there's a couple of things when you watch that or when, when we all watch that, that second goal, I mean, it's amazing because even the attitude, the, the, the confidence that Josh Morrissey exhibited to take the walk the line the way he did, cut in between two defenders the way he did, and credit Kyle Connor. And I know we're good, I don't want to jump ahead because we haven't done gotten into the game recap, Drew. But mm-hmm. like it's crazy. These guys are playing at an elite level and they're doing it with a lot of guys who are not necessarily their equal on their lines, right? We know that Christian Reichel, and I'm a big Christian Reichel fan. I don't think you're gonna find someone. Uh, you know, in the in uh, in the organization, who's probably one of those hardworking guys. Remember, he's not a drafted player by the Winnipeg Jets. He feels like he was a drafted player by the Winnipeg Jets because of the fact that he attended, you know, uh, camps over and over when he was back in junior. I think it was with Red Deer, and so he would come here to Winnipeg, and he would be one of those players. Earned himself an AHL deal, and then eventually an NHL deal. And I think, mm-hmm. but so you got to give him credit. But like at the same, like you just said, I mean, imagine how it's going to look with. Nikolai Ehlers, Cole Perfetti. So a lot of those chances that necessarily aren't necessarily being converted may get converted. But for right now, I mean, this is just an incredible performance by this Jets team. And more people need to be talking about the Winnipeg Jets. And it was interesting because I was I was with some folks and they were talking about this game and they said, you know, when it was tight, and I said, you know, this isn't like the way the Jets used to be. It's one of those games in a tight game. I don't feel the Jets, and it's crazy that we're seeing this, given the fact that they've lost seven players out of their main lineup and yet it doesn't feel like this Jets team is in, I'm not saying that they couldn't have lost this game. Of course they could have lost it, but it didn't feel inevitable. You know what I mean, Drew? It didn't feel Mm -hmm. like it was one of those situations where the Jets were necessarily going to lose. So from from a a Jets perspective or a Jets fan perspective, you just have to be impressed by this team who just continues to put up Ws, continues to bank points, and -hmm. have done it. Remember, everybody was clamoring, especially when you had those three games that you lost in a row. Make a trade, make a trade. And And I said... I don't think they're going to make a trade because I think it you're and you we heard it in other places, not just here on a legal curve, but you knew that, for example, the the trade market, the the value, if you're Kevin Shovel Day off and other GMs know that you are desperate, they smell yeah. that desperation and they yeah. say, okay, sure, you can have player X, but now he's going to char- cost you an extra 20, 30 percent. And so that's something you have to be cognizant of, of, especially if you're an organization that relies on his depth. Anyways, it is an impressive victory. And again, it starts with 37. Mm -hmm. Uh, Full credit to 44, though, because I thought he was excellent throughout the course of this game as well. Yeah, uh, you know, it it, it looks very very similar to the other wins that the Jets have had this year. And there's, I mean, the fact that their game looks similar is is what speaks volume. There was, you know, there were certainly uh, times during this game where the Connor Hellebuck had to bail out the Jets. Uh, particularly I'm thinking towards the end of the first period there where the Jets sort of fell asleep for the final minute and Calgary had a number of great opportunities. Uh, There was the save that he made on Jonathan Huberto late in the game. And then the crossed crease save, I think that he made off of uh, Mackenzie Wieger, uh, which was a five alarm uh, robbery that that, uh, was just come to, it's come to what we've expected from from Connor Hellebuck. So it's almost like we're desensitized to it because he's his usual self. You know, granted, he wasn't perfect. I didn't love the first goal that he gave up, the Zadarov goal. And we'll get into that as we get going here on the Betway game recap as part of the Illegal Curve postgame show. But, you know, every I thought the Jets themselves, they started the game off better 
than they had the last number of games, which is certainly something that you've been uh, focused on, rightfully so, saying, you know, you can't start by being down 10-1 in shots. You can't start a game by no-showing for the first 10 minutes. The Jets, I thought, were better to start the game today uh, than Calgary had their push. And then the Jets, I thought, got better than Calgary almost as the game went on. And they certainly were opportunistic. And look, you know, you, you look at the goals that the Jets had. The first goal, uh, you know, is a point shot and then, then a tip. And then the third goal, the game-winning goal, it's a point shot and a tip. And that's what the Jets have been so adept at all year long. And, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, by and large how goals go in in the NHL nowadays. They go in from point shots they get through. But that only works as long as you're getting to the front of the net, as long as you're getting that traffic uh, into an area where you can then tip the puck to, you know, take the redirection and to beat the goaltender. And that's what you're seeing from this Jets team that you obviously never saw last year. And it's really what we've talked about all year round. And that's just sort of the way it is. It's This is a team that's battling harder, going to the harder places, and then preventing the other team, by and large, from getting to the other pl- to the to the places they want to get to. And when the other team does, because it's inevitably going to happen, there's inevitably going to be uh, breakdowns. Connor Hellebuck is yet another layer that they have to try and uh, try and penetrate in order to get a goal. Well, and and you know it, it's it's very coincidental that what was the subject of the conversation in today's media availability with head coach. Rick Bonus, not the only subject. There were ten or eleven questions in total, which you could. Uh, and they're all listen available on illegal. Illegal all available on illegalcurve.com. Yes, of course, right. of course. Come on, Drew. But but yeah. what I was going to say is one of those focuses was on the fact that I believe the Jets are up to eighteen goals, and now it'll be twenty goals from their defense. And mm-hmm. remember, last year they had twenty-four, and Rick Bonus <laughs> said they want forty-four. Well, yeah. they're not halfway through through the season, and they've already producing you know, a significant number of goals. And so that's big. I mean, to, to get the goal from a Brendan Dillon, his first of the year to get the goal. Well, Josh Morrissey scoring isn't something of significance, but even, and and again, the other one is a tip and that's what he talked about. It wasn't just that they're getting goals from their defense. It's that they're getting the contributions. The shots are getting through. We've got big daddy Ginsburg back in the house. As is back. Where did you boys? I want, I want to know where you've, 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 you've you've transported transported into a a new room. Guys, obviously the uh, ghost in the basement didn't want me to didn't want me to be on the uh, early part of this show. I have no idea what happened there. There was some type of power surge in my basement office, so I had to move upstairs to the living room. So I have to be a little bit more quiet. But uh, glad to be back. I actually think you should be louder, so then everyone can see Naomi come and just hit you with a frying pan live <laughs> yeah, on air. I think that would be that would be very fitting and something that I think the entire crowd would enjoy watching. Just Ezzy getting pummeled uh, by a frying pan for uh, with a frying pan for waking up his children. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because Naomi literally right before I logged back in came out of the bedroom. She's like, "What are you doing?" Because I I was fumbling around and plugging my computer in and everything like that. So yeah, she has. I've already woken her up, so she's not happy, but. I'm glad to be joining you boys and everybody watching the show live right now. And uh, we have a victory to talk about. So sorry I missed uh, whatever. I, how much time did I miss there? Five minutes? It felt like it was like 20 yeah, minutes. but Closer to uh, about 10 seven, and a half. You know, seven minutes well, maybe? Yeah, okay, yeah, seven bad. minutes in heaven. Yeah, we'll have to have seven minutes in heaven. That's, yeah, different. And that, nobody ever wanted to play that with me. Only you guys want to play that with me. It's, it's weird. Nobody in high school ever wanted to have anything to do with that. I don't know if that was uh, me or them. Nobody ever asked me to play spin the bottle either, Drew. So I think we're even there. <laughs> <laughs> I got asked lots. Oh, look at you there, Mr. Dave. Hashtag uh, you know, Centennial. What's loose up? Loose lips, Manuk. <laughs> oh, gosh. Let's get into it. The Winnipeg That's what happens Jets. when you go to public school, folks. 
I was going to say, yeah. as you went to public school, what hey, you Kelvin High School right here, baby. Yeah, but you started yeah. off in, uh, you were probably in some sort of uh, private school early on. Never. Nope, never. Robert H. Smith School, River Heights School. I'm a product product of the public school system, boys. <laughs> and therein lies the rub, ladies and gentlemen. You should be looking for private school options immediately yeah. based on that <laughs> yeah. last comment. Both my kids are going to BH, including Ruben. And it's an all-girls school, so it kind of really doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I missed you guys. That that, that feeling will last maybe teachers. another twelve, maybe another twelve, thirteen minutes tops. But you know, for the next twelve, thirteen, it's it's going to be entertaining at the very least. Uh, as we were just touching on the game tonight, saying that it, you know the the recipe for success for the Winnipeg Jets was a very familiar one. Uh, Connor Hellebuck certainly heavily involved. Uh, you know, getting goals by getting to the dirty areas, tipping pucks, as we saw in the first and the third goal in tonight's game, and just sort of how the Jets are. You know, this and as Dave and I were talking about, this is sort of the last game before it seems like the influx of healthy bodies are coming along. So a lot of the guys who were in the AHL to begin or maybe waiver guys who've been claimed and playing an elevated role, they know that their time in the top six or their time in an elevated role is probably coming to an end with the Nikolai Ehlers set to return, uh, with Nate Schmidt set to return and and and, and other players like that uh, near on the horizon to return to the lineup. Yeah, like you're not going to see Kevin Stenland and Sam Gagne. Well, you might see Sam Gagne on the second power play unit, but you're definitely not going to be seeing Kevin Stenland once guys like Nikolai Ehlers and and Cole Perfetti return. And you're right, Drew. I mean, we don't know. I mean, it it sounds like, you know, Ehlers and and Perfetti are really close. It sounds like Sacco Manalainen is really close, right? We just don't know. I don't think we're really going to know probably until, you know, Thursday at the earliest, right? But you definitely get the feeling. Rick Bonus, I mean, Rick Bonus, sorry, as Rick Bonus said today that you know if it was a playoff game, Ehlers, Perfetti, Schmidt would have all been in the lineup today. So barring any setback in, in you know between now and Friday, it seems likely that that means they'll be in the lineup on Friday. Of course, yeah, or at the very least that you know there's a there's a strong chance that you know a couple of those guys will be back. I thought those comments were funny, right? Because we're at game 38 of the season, and and Rick Bonus is saying if this was a playoff game, as if like. You know, we're in the last week of the season or something like that. I just thought that was funny. I was thinking like, you know, Rick, this is this is nowhere near the playoffs. But I, I think his point was well made that, you know, Ehlers, Perfetti, Schmidt, I mean, these guys want to come back. And I mean, mm-hmm. the, the game on Saturday night, New Year's Eve, possibly the greatest show in a legal curve hockey show history. Thanks to Spencer Sutton and the gang. If you were you were watching, hopefully Spencer's in the chat. I haven't seen him yet. Oh, he's, but oh, he's there. Awesome. As he when you as he when you as he when you when you froze, Spencer was like. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> he well, was that's the thing. We he should just send Spencer all the links, right? He, he has an open invitation. He can come on whenever. But, yeah, there's no doubt that the last couple of games, guys, like the Jets have been badly outplayed at times. Like when the Jets went up 2-1 there, I think the shots were something like 31-19. to 19, But, like, you know, the second period was not very good. And for the most part, I mean, the Jets weren't generating a, a ton of offense. Sure, they had their chances. Like, don't get me wrong, but the Calgary Flames, like, you go back to the the Mackenzie Weger, right? The Huberdeau, Kadri, tic-tac-toe to Weger, where Hellebuck makes the incredible save. Um, Nazem Kadri hit the post. I mean, in, in the first period, you remember that save that Hellebuck made really look really easy, the glove save on Andrew Mangiapani right after the, the power play had ended, right? So you could go back in this game and point to four or five saves minimum um, that were of the grade A variety, right? So... 
yeah, I mean the the Jets get the get the three two win, but there there's no doubt that you know the Flames I thought were the much better team in this game. Well, the Jets will take the victory no matter what. Uh, to your point, there were times certainly where the Jets were on their heels, and then and the Jets got were opportunistic and took advantage, and then they got the goaltending that they needed to get late in the game. Uh, certainly helped Tyler Toffoli taking that penalty, which kills off a couple minutes of a potential uh, a comeback opportunity. And and that that was a penalty. I, I can't, oh, you know, Kevin Sawyer on the broadcast was saying if it was a little bit lower, but you know, it was right near the. It was a slash. It was a dumb penalty. And I agree with you, Drew. Around that time of the game, that's when you're. You're pulling the goalie, right? Um, and the Flames did kill the penalty off, but just just a stupid penalty to take. I, I really like Toffoli. You guys know I, I've always been a Toffoli fan going back to the LA Kings days. But you're right. That was uh, a very uh, – uh, the, the timing of that penalty could not have been worse. That's right. It was a pretty lousy time for him to take a penalty. Let's get into the Betway game recap tonight, boys. Winnipeg Jets, 3-2 victors over the Calgary Flames. Let's talk about all the goals on the Betway game recap, brought to you, of course, by Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. No scoring in the first period. So those first 20 minutes won't take long. Connor Hellebuck had to stand on his head a number of times. Jets had a power play, of course, with Nazem Kadri taking that early boarding penalty, as he is uh, so wont to do. Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois took a cross-checking penalty late in the first period. Uh, Dubois was, uh, you know, he he's not he's on the score sheet getting that secondary assist, but he was so involved in this game, and his wars with Mackenzie Weger were really, you know, you don't often see one-on-one battles for an entire 60 minutes. You know, not an entire 60 minutes because they weren't on the ice for the entire 60 minutes. You know what I'm saying? But uh, that one-on-one battle uh, between Uyghur and Dubois tonight as he was really entertaining to watch. Two yep. big guys, neither of them backing down. Just an old-fashioned, hard-nosed battle between a top-notch defenseman in Mackenzie Uyghur and a top-notch forward in Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah, Uyghur's a really good player. And I don't know if you guys or anybody else, you know, watching the post-game show right now was thinking of this, but kind of reminded you of Matthew Kachuk and Drew Doughty, right? Which is kind of funny, right? Considering that Kachuk and, and yeah. Uyghur were part of the same trade, right? But you're absolutely right. And and Uyghur cross-checked Dubois. You mentioned the Dubois cross-checking penalty. Uyghur could have easily got one right bef- before that, right, Drew? So no I'm, I'm with you. I love those one-on-one battles. I mean, that's what, that's what hockey's all about, right? And you know, at one point in the broadcast, you know, Dan and Kevin were talking about this having a playoff feel. I don't know if I would go that far because I don't know if it was that good of a game. It was a good game, pretty solid game, even though it was pretty low scoring um, for, the, for the majority. It, it wasn't until the third, right? But, I mean, Pierre-Luc Dubois was, was doing exactly what you expect him to be doing, right? With his physicality, his vision, his playmaking ability, everything like that, right? So, um Again, I mean, similar to the game on Saturday night, right? Like the Jets, that game could have gone either way. And the same thing with tonight's game, it could have gone either way. And that's Mm -hmm. no surprise because that's the type of hockey that the Flames play, right? I think the last five or six games have been one-goal games and they're at the top of the league or near the top of the league in one-goal games, right? It was mentioned on the broadcast. So, um, yeah, I love to see those battles. Uyghur's a great defenseman. And this, this Flames team... Like, look at we talked about it on on uh, on the Saturday night New Year's Eve post game show. Like, you have Golden you guys have no idea the... what you talked about on that show. You have no recollection of that show. You both. Well, I have a recollection of the first fifteen or twenty minutes. The first fifteen or twenty minutes, 
were actually like dedicated to hockey. After that, the next hour and a half was, I mean, it was basically just us, you know, I was drinking and, you know, we were having a good time. Dave was the one really, Dave was the glue guy that really kept that one together, but uh, we had a good time, but you're right. I don't really remember much of the, the last three quarters of that show, but this Flames team is, is still really solid. And guys, we got to talk about, you know, Jacob Markstrom. He's not had the best season. He's been playing better as of late, but he was, that was the old Jacob Markstrom. He robbed Shifley, right? Forget if that was the first period or the second period. And it was the last time these two teams played that Markstrom made that really good save on, on Shifley. So Markstrom's starting to play a lot better. Like, I still think the Golden Knights are by far the best team in that division, but I, I think that at the end of the day, the Flames are going to be end up end up being one of those three playoff teams. I think there's a good chance there's going to be five from the Central, but we'll have to wait and see. But this Flames team was was very impressive tonight. I thought. Yeah, look, it was it was, it was a good hockey game between two teams that are pretty evenly matched, and this is the Winnipeg Jets, of course, who are without a lot of their uh, the, a lot of the guys that we've touched on that are going to be back in the lineup likely for Friday, which means that there's going to be a lot of lineup decisions that that Rick Bonus is going to have to make. These are good decisions uh, when you know you look at the you know like for example the Jets' second power play unit, which at times you know set itself up, but that's not a threatening second power play unit. Uh, it's a good one. It's know. a good it's a good power play unit in the AHL. In the AHL, yeah, it's a fine power play unit in the NH in the AHL, but it's not really a significantly threatening one. It's one that's more out there to uh, hold the fort and you know you know keep a good structure than it is that you're going to expect a lot of playmaking from. Um, you know, and they did their job in that case late in the third period when with the Toffoli penalty, the second power play unit I thought set up better than the first unit, and they were able to move the puck around and everything else. But the guys who are on that unit are not guys who ever expected to get any power play time. Uh, this year. I mean, you talk about, we were talking about it before the show started, Kyle Capobianco, as the Jets went with 11 forwards and seven defensemen. I barely uh, noticed Capobianco was out there, Drew. <laughs> well, Capobianco played four minutes in tonight's game, exactly. two of which were on the power play. So, I mean, this is not a guy that got any, you know, any five on five time to speak of, any even strength time. Uh, you know, and well, I haven't looked yet. And I'm not sure if, if intern Bailey is updating us to what Rick Bonus is saying in the post game chat, but we'll look uh, at the break and being Sorry, a Sorry, Drew, I'm reading the million dollar now. man's comments right now. Yes. Well, I mean, you, you get, when you see wrestling, I know that you get distracted, but the Jets, well, I put it up there. I want to get it. I want to get in here already, for God's sakes. But again, my go. question remains from the last time Million Dollar Man was here, where's Virgil? Well, I'm sure that somebody will soon change their name to Virgil in the chat and be able to. Uh, I'm still shocked there that isn't way. a Drew's clock for the record. Uh, that is surprising because that clock was very popular. So I'm not, I yeah. am a little bit surprised about that. I thought that, and, you know, there's Manuk's, Manuk's antlers are there. We got Kenny's water bottle. I thought maybe Mindell's clock might got, might have gotten a little, uh, little love, a little, uh, little YouTube love. I was, I was a little surprised. Just saying. That, uh, that, that would be fair. Anyways, the Jets open the scoring. It comes in the second period at the yep. 1450 mark. So late in the second period, this game goes more than 30 minutes without getting a goal. And it's not the combination that you would have expected. Brendan Dillon getting the, his first of the year from Dylan DeMello and Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley, yeah, okay. But to get uh, for the Jets to open the scoring on a tip shot by Brendan Dillon off a shot from Dylan DeMello is not what anyone had on their bingo card. But nonetheless, Dave, it gives the Jets the one nothing lead late in the first in the second period, rather. Yeah. And when as wasn't here yet was or left and come back was that idea of as was all the power, all the opportunities the defensemen are getting and all the production that they're contributing right now. And. You know, if you notice that throughout the course of the game, the Jets' D-men are low. 
Like there have been a number of instances where Neil Pionk is low. Brendan Dillon is low and they're like right beside the goal. And you're like, well, wait a second, that's the defenseman. And yet there they are right in front. And it, it led to, I mean, Brendan Dillon's a big boy and he's, you know, he's a whole lot of man and he takes a, uh, he takes a lot to try and get it out of the way. And so, you know, Dylan Dilmello with, you know, it was funny because I actually thought he originally got the goal. I didn't see the, the puck go, you know, just on first blush. He kind of thought Dylan DeMello went in. I thought, is Dylan DeMello on pace for a career year? Is there going to, is anybody going to stop Dylan DeMello from getting all of the goals? But of course <laughs> it went in off of Brendan Dillon. But you like that. You like the fact that Brendan Dillon is causing a little bit of havoc, a little bit of chaos, and using that big body. And you can see, I mean, it's funny because they showed it on the broadcast. Dylan DeMello was more excited than Brendan Dillon was that uh, Brendan Dillon got that goal. And it just goes to show you kind of the selfless nature, I think, of most of the guys on this team, that they're just happy to see, you know, anybody score, anybody put the puck in the net, and to give the building some life because there's a bit of nervous energy, right? You know, Jets fans are feeling good, but it does feel like a lifetime already since that uh, Oilers game. And, you know, as Drew uh, touched on when we opened the show, it, it's unusual because they're, we, we're so used, so conditioned to game, 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 game. And now all of a sudden you're going game tonight and now you don't play again. The Jets don't play again. Sorry, Dave, that's going to pick up real soon. There's going to no, be some back, back-to-backs coming up real soon. I'm aware. Soon, so I'm, aware. I'm aware. But I'm just saying it is an interesting sort of change. And so you've got these guys, you know, like I said, that you need the defense to really step up and they continue to. And, and having... 20 goals already from your defenseman. And it's it's one of the interesting comments from Rick Bonus today wasn't just talking about getting the goals. And it wasn't even secondary or primary assists. He was talking about that idea. And as he, we, we talk about it because Craig Button mentioned it, it's the third assist. It's the fourth assist. It's the plays that lead to these goals that don't necessarily get credited on the score sheet that the defensemen are contributing. So the defense is contributing. Well, that would have actually been Brendan Dillon then from DeMello and Brendan Dillon because, because Brendan Dillon went in. That's why he was in front, right? Like when that goal right. was scored originally, I mm-hmm. thought it was Adam Lowry because he was in a tipping position as well, right? In front yeah. of Markstrom. But it was Dillon that dug the puck out of the corner. I forget which defenseman he went up against. And then he got the puck back to Shifley at the point. And then you could see that Dylan, like he wasn't used to being in that position, right? As you mentioned, <laughs> Dave, but because he's six foot four uh, or whatever he is and, you know, well over 200 pounds, like he's a guy that can cause some chaos in front of the net. And you're right. DeMello seemed much happier than Dylan was. But I mean, going back to kind of what we were talking about earlier, and I realized I missed 10 minutes or something like that. But I mean, the Jets are really just finding ways to win. And it's a cliche but sometimes, like, you, th- this was what Paul Maurice used to call a grinder. And this mm-hmm. game was a grinder. Like, yeah, there were some nice, you know, Milan Lucic had a beautiful breakaway. Obviously, I'm joking about that. Um, <laughs> that was a weird play because, obviously, there was some backspin and Vili Hainola just seemed a little bit unsure there, right, Dave? But, yeah. I mean, this this game was was uh, was as tight checking as they come. It was back and forth. I mean, even though I, I think the Flames were probably the better team in this game, it's not like they were head and shoulders better so I agree with you it was you know just good work by by Brandon Dillon but you're right I mean there were some some things that happened leading up to that goal but I think there's it's not a coincidence guys that that you're getting more offense from the defense this year it was literally something that Rick Bonus said at the beginning of the season like we want our defensemen to be more active and we've seen it since game one and it continued again tonight 
I, you know, and I think it's probably fun for the defense to be able to play, to have that green light for a guy like Brendan Dillon to know that, you know, he can sort of chip and chase because that's never a role that he's going to play. He's going in there and he's grinding and he's rather than being told to, you know, get back out because you don't expect that your, your teammate is necessarily going to be able to cover for you or going to cover for you. He, they have the confidence in knowing that, yeah, somebody's going to be back at the point. Somebody's going to pick up for me and I can go in front of the net and, and muck around there for a couple minutes and a work paid off for the Winnipeg Jets. And that's certainly, you know, that good feeling reverberates uh, up and down the bench and it reverberates in the dressing room. You don't think that he's going to get one of the fighter pilot jackets tonight. And apparently they oh, give about, I think absolutely. they give out about eight or 10 of them a game. It's unclear to me exactly how many they give out, but it's somewhere in there. Uh, but there's no doubt in my mind that Brendan Dillon uh, is going to be Get one of those fighter pilot jackets, along with Kyle Capabianco, obviously media. for its solid. Well, Capabianco, yeah, no yeah. question. Two yeah, minutes of power play time that gets you a jacket. <laughs> uh, the Jets' lead doesn't last that long. That was the story of the game for a lot of this game. It lasted for four minutes and ten seconds, and at the 19-minute mark of the second period, after uh, Connor Hellebuck looked like he was going to be impenetrable, uh, he does uh, actually. Maybe I, <laughs> I was going to say he does get penetrated, but that would not be correct. Uh, Nikita Zadorov does beat him. Uh, his fifth of the season assist to Tyler Toffoli and Elias Lindholm. Uh, Toffoli comes. Uh, pardon me. Zadorov comes in after taking sort of the drop pass. And he's got some time and space. And it almost looked like he didn't get all of the shot. And maybe by not no. getting all of the shot, it it sort of fooled Connor Hellebuck. Because it exactly was exactly what the... I was thinking, Drew. Go ahead. Well, no, I I, I think sorry to cut you, you know, cut you off short there, but like that that's what it seemed like to me. Like Zadarov had, had obviously tons of room there, as you mentioned, but it was like it was kind of like a, a change up, right? If you mm -hmm. want to use the a baseball term, right? So you're right. I think that's one that you know. I think Hellebuck, you know, it drives him crazy. But, you know, there was some good speed by that. But uh, good speed on that goal. But to me, like. Did Ezzy go muted? Did, I think to, sorry did, about that, guys. Ezzy self-muted there. No, I, I don't know what happened there. I guess I did. I, I was just so excited. I was touching things that I shouldn't have been touching. <laughs> but, um, you know, to me, they're also on that goal. You had Lowry taking the face off, right? You got Shifley on the wing, which we've seen, you know, as of late, that's not something you're really used to seeing when the Jets are fully healthy, right? Because Shifley and Lowry are natural centers. I just thought Shifley was a little bit slow on the back check there. Like, I just thought he was slow to react because it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was, it was an odd man situation coming out of the Jet zone, right? So, um, you know, gives Adorov credit there. You know, he picks his spot and even though he doesn't get all of it, but I just thought that, you know, Shifley was a little bit slow getting back there. Yeah, and tied the game up at one after 40 minutes. And the Jets' uh, lead there doesn't last a ton of time, and the Flames are feeling good about themselves. Always difficult to give up a goal late in the first period, uh, late in the period, and that's what happened mm -hmm. here, tying the game at one. Uh, third period, I thought, started sort of with a bit of a chess match, a, ch a feeling. Both teams sort of feeling each other out, nobody wanting to make uh, that first mistake. And you saw that for the first sort of 10 minutes of that, that period as both teams sort of went back and forth. Nothing that I recall as being a, a, an overwhelmingly great uh, opportunity for either team. Correct me if I'm wrong, of course, gentlemen, uh, if, if, if I'm missing anything. But it's Josh Morrissey. And, I mean, you know, we're running out of... Uh, words to use for how good he's been this year mm -hmm. but this play and you talked about it earlier dave it's it, it, it it's a fantastic pass to kyle connor and it's an equally fantastic give and go from connor back yeah. to morrissey and i saw your tweet and not to throw you under the bus or anything but you thought it was sort of a fluky bounce yeah no morrissey i totally to did connor 
Yeah, because because it looks it, the way it looked uh, at first glance, it, it looked like it should have been like almost a fluky ricochet ends up back on a stick. But then you watch the replay and you see the skill that's involved here from from both Morrissey and Connor, and there's nothing fluky about it. He walks the line, he feeds Connor, and Connor somehow feeds it right back to him and tees him up. And Morrissey just everything he touches so far this year has turned to gold, and he gives the Jets his adopted hometown a 2-1 lead over his birth hometown in Calgary, Dave, uh, at the 10-22 mark of the third period. Again, Drew, it, it, I'll, I'll gush a bit about Josh Morris. He, one, because he's a phenomenal human being, but he's a f- phenomenal hockey player, and we're seeing it on a night-in and night-out basis. I mean, there's no, there's no drop-off in his game. And you're, his skating, his skating was always good, but it seems like it's next level this mm-hmm. year, more than I've ever seen before in, in, in it's just the confidence he has, the way his edge work is, is, is again, I'm going to use this word is simply phenomenal. It's elite. And you, yeah. Elite is another word. Although, you know, last time Drew used the word elite around the jets, they went on a tailspin and lost three games. But it, the fact is that Josh Morrissey is elite. There's no doubt about it. His play has been fantastic. His confidence, and you can see it. It, it, it does wonders for a player to see what kind of, I don't want to say the shackles are off Josh Morrissey, but it seems like that's kind of the case because again, the things we are seeing him do, the like his walking of the line, I'm going to go back over it again. The fact that he walked the line the way he did, went through two guys, had the confidence to go because again, if he does that and he loses the puck, I mean, they're going back the other way on a two on O, but he knows that he has confidence. And again, when I watched it uh, first blush, I was like, wow, what a lucky bounce. But sometimes you got to be lucky to be good. And he and and again, Josh Morrissey gets that puck back and he fires it in. So that wasn't surprising. But to have the confidence to I mean, again, that's completely it's not like he did that by fluke. He didn't get it over to Kyle Connor by accident. That was an intentional pass. And Connor, again, presence of mind, as he we're always talking about Kyle Connor's ability to to see things. He knows he's got guys on him that he knows that Josh Morrissey has a lane. So if he can chip that back to Josh Morrissey, he's wide open. He's going right down Main Street. And what did he do? He went right down Main Street. He fired the puck home, and the Jets have the lead. So it was it was an elite goal. It was elite by Josh Morrissey at the line, and it was elite by Kyle Connor to get the puck back to Josh Morrissey. So all-around play, probably one of, honestly, like one of the nicest, maybe a little recency bias, but like that was one of the nicest goals the Jets have scored, in my mind, this season. And just a few things to add to that. Morrissey's obviously not 100%, Dave. And we yeah, talked about the that on New Year's Eve, right? Like, and Morrissey wasn't 100% yeah. against Edmonton. So he's doing that at whatever percentage he's at, which is not anywhere close to 100%, right? Because that's why Kyle Capo, at least that's why we believe yeah. Kyle Capo Bianco was in the lineup, just to basically be insurance to take a few minutes away, literally a few minutes, four minutes to be exact, as we <laughs> kind of joked about earlier, right? But I mean, you're right. There, two guys are on Josh Morrissey there, and he backhands the puck to Kyle Connor, and then he has the presence of mind to go to net, knowing that you know his like this isn't Morrissey and Connor's first rodeo. These guys have been playing together a long time here, and they're on the same mm-hmm. page, kind of the same way like Shifley and Wheeler and Shifley and Connor have been for so many Dubois and Connor for that matter. And you know, we talked about. I thought Dubois did a really nice job there, you know, maintaining possession of the puck, getting it back to Morrissey there. So it was, yeah, uh-huh. it was just, as you mentioned, Dave, all around. And, you know, when you consider that he's not 100% and you consider that, you know, he hasn't really had, like, it was weird that he didn't have a point against Edmonton. Like, 
that is absurd yeah. in the sense because Morrissey's a solid for, for most of Morrissey's career, he's been a solid 40 to 45 point defenseman. This mm-hmm. year, he, mm-hmm. we're talking about an 85 to 90 point defenseman. We're talking Roman Yossi type of numbers, right? So, yeah, it's, talking, it's, I mean, it's he true. Looked, you know, he looks like you know, I'm not saying you know, he looks like like Kale McCarr did at times last year, you yeah. know, and that's that's heady praise. And I know that people are going to say, you know, Homer, 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 whatever, all that nonsense. But you watch how he's playing and you watch how he's dangling and how he his, his edge work and his skating is leaving opponents and not scrubs, but good quality opponents. It's leaving them befuddled. And it takes, you know, and as Dave just said, it takes elite players to leave other players befuddled in this league. And right now, you know, this so far this year, Josh Morrissey is playing as an elite defenseman, and not the. And, and I know it's Norrissey, 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 and everything else, but it's it, it, it's fact of the matter that I think if the voting was to happen right now, if it was happened at this point, well, there's no question in my mind he's a finalist. I mean, there's you know what he's he done even for the win. Jets. He might even win. I mean, yep. you know, he might even win right now. I know what Eric Carlson's doing, but Eric Carlson's doing that on a shitty team. Uh, what yeah. Josh Morrissey is doing, uh, what doing on, on on a winning team is, is something that the other thirty teams, the other thirty fan bases or thirty one fan bases will eventually realize it. But I can promise you, each and every head coach that plays against the Jets is trying to game plan against Josh Morrissey right now and try to figure out a way to how to neutralize him because he's so key to what the Jets have been doing this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, you look at four on four, pardon me, three on three overtime, right? Like we've seen him, uh, you know, score the big overtime winners. Like, and, you know, when you mentioned guys like Kale McCarr, I mean, you never, you, you never want to compare, you know, uh, directly. And, and that's not what you were doing, but you, you were saying that no. his impact on the game and the type of stuff he's doing, the spinoramas and the beautiful exactly. tic-tac-toe passes and the beautiful shots mm-hmm. or just getting the shots through to be tipped. You're absolutely right. Like, you don't have to be a Jets fan. You don't have to be, you know, a fan of a team in the Central Division or the Western Conference. I mean, there's some really good defensemen in the Eastern Conference as well. But I think you know, you've started to see over the last, you know, month or so. I mean, people are starting to to take notice and and realize that you know he's not just having a good season. He's having a Norris caliber season. And on that play, I mean, as Dave mentioned, I mean, that was just you know beauty vision and beauty passing from Morrissey and Connor. And it, it doesn't end up being the game-winning goal or anything because a minute and uh, 36 seconds later, Michael Backlund gets his fifth of the year, his eighth of the year, pardon me, assist to Andrew Mangiapane. And this one's sort of a bit of a keystone cops, bit of an ugly play with uh, Dylan DeMello falling and or getting tripped by Mangiapane, depending on uh, your opinion, Dave. And it leads Backlund to come in all alone on a breakaway. And he makes no mistake. He gets Hellbuck to open up the pads as he goes. Uh, I guess he went from the, his left to his right to get the pads to open up. And he slides it between there to tie the game at two in the latter half of the third period, Dave. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of those situations where you didn't know how many times have we said this? How would the Jets react to giving up something like that? And I thought they reacted well. I thought that they didn't look. I mean, it's it's always deflating. You never want to give up a goal quickly. You want to be able to build. Oh, wow, that's rocket science. You want to be able to build upon the success you've just created. And the the, the building, of course, taking a 2-1 lead in the third period the building's excited. Folks are excited. Folks are animated. And yet now you've given up a goal. So 
how you react. I mean, giving up the goal, you're right. It wasn't ideal. I mean, Josh Morrissey gets that shot blocked along the wall and then Dylan DeMello trips and he's, it's, it's just, you can see DeMello's like watching and just like completely yeah. helpless no. on the ice. Yeah, exactly. It was like one of those slow-mo plays. So you're, you're thinking to yourself, what exactly is going to happen here? But sure enough, the Jets get scored on. But again, to me, the key is not the giving up the goal, which obviously is significant and you want to, you want to analyze it and see where they, the mistakes were made. But you also want to see how that team reacts as a result. And I thought that they reacted, a, you know, in an appropriate fashion that allowed them to obviously do what they were able to do. There's no doubt that was what? tripping. I mean, I, I, you guys know <laughs> I've, I've liked Andrew Mangiapane for years. He had his yeah. uh, career year last year with 35 goals. I think it was 35 or 36 goals. Yeah. Um, but it's a turnover caused by Mangiapane, right? Yep. At Morsi at the point. But then he trips DeMello. <laughs> like, that that to me was not a gray area trip, Dave. Like that was a trip, so they got away with one. We talked yeah. about it on on uh, Saturday show, right? Cody CC got the delay of game that shouldn't have been called. So sometimes it goes, you know, your way. Sometimes it goes the other way, right? In this case, mm-hmm. it didn't go the Jets' way. Um, it was a beautiful move by Michael Backlund, who had another scoring chance earlier in the game that that Hellebuck made, but made the save on. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that they got away with one there. But look at, I mean, the Jets ended up winning the game, so it's a, a moot point, I guess. You know, it's interesting. So after the Backlund goal ties it up, you know, Kevin Sawyer on the broadcast and Kevin Sawyer often says some interesting things, um, not necessarily because he means for them to be interesting. But in this case, it was an interesting <laughs> comment uh, where he said that, you know, he said the Flames were excited on their bench, of course, and he's between the glass. So he knows, you know, he's right between the two benches. And he said there was just a feeling of calmness over the Jets bench. There was no mm-hmm. panic. There was no desperation. There was no sort of hanging their heads, giving up the goal at this point in time. And I thought that was uh reflective and sort of how the Jets came back after scoring after giving up this goal they've given up the one goal lead for a second time in tonight's game but it only takes them less than uh two less than two and a half minutes two minutes and 23 seconds 22 seconds to be exact to get what ends up being the game-winning goal and it's Sam Gagne his seventh of the season assist to Vili Hainala his first assist of the year and Dylan Samberg gets the secondary assist so again Samberg Hainola and Gagne I don't think anyone had that as a as a scoring trio in tonight's game but what I want to focus on on this goal is the play that precedes the goal and it's Vili Hainala, who is not known as being a physical defenseman, who that's not uh, that's probably the, the part of his game that's most maligned or has the most work. He needed to bulk up a little bit or muscle Let up. Let me a just little bit. I'm just gonna I just want to quickly interject, Drew. It's funny, it's a bit of a myth that Vili Hainola is not physical. Vili Hainola is not physical sure. when state I should just want to clarify. Vili Hainola is not state physical when stationary. He actually plays a fairly physical game when moving. But he's he's also actually, small, right? So it's like right. But what I'm saying is he's small, relatively. But he speaking, does actually. Right, he plays a little bit more of an aggressive style that people like. I agree. You watch him, and you're like, he's not a fit overly. He's not Brandon Dillon. He's not murdering someone in front of the net. So when he's stationary, when he's not not moving around, yeah, hundred percent, I agree. He's not a physical player. But when Villanueva is actually moving, he can actually be physical. Sorry, I just wanted to jump in and say that because it's a, it's a bit of a myth, I think, with him. You say well, there's you, different ways to be physical, right. right? And I'm just saying, like, but like the, Pierre Luc Dubois is also physical, but he's not Eric Lindros physical, where he's crushing guys. Right. Like he's physical in the sense that he uses his body positioning to outmuscle guys. Like he can right. throw body checks. Don't get me wrong. And if he needs to, I guess he would he would drop the gloves. But he's not he's not Rick Tockett. He's you know what I mean. Like he's not uh, Brad Marchand in the in that sense. But he can agitate but, guys. And you're right, Vili Hainola is a guy 
that more so uses his body positioning and and his body checking is more so closer uh, closer to the boards, Dave, as opposed to the right. open ice exactly. hits is what exactly. I think you're trying to say. So now, you're right. Your... I think sometimes he gets a bad rap in that sense. But to your point here, Dave, where you say, you say that he's physical when he's moving his skates, when he's moving his feet, he's moving his feet on this play and he bodies, checks, Nazem Kadri. And, yeah. and that's what forces the turnover. This is a, in the jet zone. He takes Kadri into the sideboards and mm -hmm. it, it jars the puck loose. And that go it ends up on the stick of Dylan Sandberg. And it's Sandberg who now has the opportunity, thanks to Hainala's play, Sandberg has the opportunity to transition up the ice and and, and get a clean zone entry into the mm -hmm. Flames uh, zone. Hainala is busting his bum up the play as well. And he takes the pass from Sandberg. And then he lets go of the shot, which is the what Gagne tips past Markstrom to give the Jets uh, the game-winning goal. But it all starts with a solid physical play in their own right. zone by a guy in Vili Hainala. That solid physical playing hasn't necessarily been what you've expected from him. But it's definitely what you want to see as he tries and continues to try to establish himself as an NHL regular. Yeah, and 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 like I said, I, I just it's one of those things I've seen when he plays in with the Moose in the AHL. You see that physicality. You just again, like I said, when he's stationary, if he's killing a penalty, it's not a great look for Billy Hainola. Then he again, I saw it in the chat, and I agree. Then he becomes more Anstrom. Then he becomes like Tobias Anstrom, who was very good using his stick, using his intelligence to try and do something in terms. Hold of on, Dave. Prevent you said stick. It was a pool cue. <laughs> remember how long that stick was that toby was, used to use it was mm -hmm. it was i believe we had a post on aleocurve.com talking about nick uh tobias enstrom's very long stick which could be uh taken yeah, another way yeah. if we were going to go that way but we're not we're, we're keeping this clean but anywho so again i it's to me I, like it's one of those things that like i said i've seen a lot of and i've shared a lot of video um from billy hinola's games with the moose where i'm showing him lay the body with you know in the corners Along the wall, as as he says, it's where he's. It's more likely to see Villanueva use that physicality. And look, he's young; he's 21. He's gonna get bigger. He'll get stronger. We saw it with Josh Morrissey. What you don't want to do is lose Josh Morrissey. If you remember, was smaller, too but, big. but got too big, got too strong, slowed him down. Eventually, figured it out, got that right balance, and then he, you know, so that's what you expect from these guys. It's it eventually comes. It's not. It's not a quick process. It's not gonna happen overnight. But Villahainola, it seems to be, again, getting that confidence and, and doesn't look like he's going anywhere right now, right? Now, it'll be interesting to see what the Jets choose to do with Nate Schmidt, given the fact that he's ready to, uh, we expect him ready to be ready to return on Friday. But we're still talking about the game right now. We won't start talking about that sort of thing, Ezzy, because that's that talk. Well, we can do that after the break, but not after the break in the game. And, and Drew, I, the other thing you should do, uh, highlight, and this is this is more your area than mine, I put the comment up there. But you should read the Rick Bonus comment since we're talking about Billy Hainola. I was uh, going to do that uh, after the break as well. I was going to do a recap uh, of the, the coach's I mean, comments. We're talking, about, we're talking about Hainola right now. So, I mean, yeah, but it, Drew, hey, I'm sorry. I was just in the host chair. So I'm still say, feeling kind of, I'm still kind of feeling. Hey, Dave, maybe they, maybe Bones rolled seven defensemen again. Maybe you take Capo Bianco out and Schmidt. Go, no, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, there's going to be a tough decision that has to be made with Hainola arguably playing his best hockey of his young career, right? And you're not going to be taking Sandberg out, I don't think. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's there's only a few guys. A you, you, yeah. 
and we'll talk about it after the break, but uh, you know that goal. So the goal ends up being from Sam Gagne. It ends up as the game. Beautiful goal. tip. I know we didn't focus a lot on that tip, Drew, but like that yeah, was, was just that was a that was a guy who's played a thousand plus games in the in the, <laughs> in the league, right? Like that yeah. was a pro tip. That's right. That's exactly what it was. It was a pro tip by a guy who knows how to do that. And the shot is in a spot where he's, uh, where he's, you know, where he's able to do it. And, you know, it's not always about the hardest shot. It's not about the highest shot. It's about a shot where you want to be able to get a guy, your stick on the puck. And that's what Sam Gagne does. That's what Billy Hainala does. And that's what Dylan Sandberg, of course, starts to play off. And that gives the Jets the 3-2 lead uh, with uh, just over five minutes to go. And they do a real good job in the last five minutes, uh, you know, keeping things to the outside, shutting things down the one sort of you know scoring chance and which i would probably call a high danger scoring chance was jonathan huberto who somehow is sort of left to walk right in on his own and he just sort of fires it at connor hellbuck huberto a guy who's sort of struggling not fully you know uh, you can tell he's a guy who's fighting the puck a little bit in his first season in calgary uh, and isn't where he wants to be uh with his offensive game and, and this is just an example because usually you put huberto in that situation and you're asking for a lot of trouble and this one and Connor Hellbuck, you know, has to do, you know, uh, uh, make what for Connor Hellbuck is a relatively routine save. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. That was uh, the definition of a point blank save with Huberto having a lot of space there. But Hellbuck yeah. comes out and, you know, he basically doesn't have anywhere to go, right? Like he ends up shooting it right into his chest. Um, so yeah. he was, Hellbuck was an incredible again tonight. Like th- these are two games in a row. Yeah. Uh, where you could say that Hellebuck was the best goaltender, uh, and tonight wasn't by far. On, on Saturday night, it definitely was. Campbell didn't have that that a great game, but tonight Markstrom was equally, uh, you know, as good. Just Hellebuck was just a little bit better. Um, yeah. And we talked about it, you know, the save that he makes on Mackenzie Weger. And again, you know, hockey is one of those games where sometimes you do get lucky. Nazem Kadri thought he had a goal there, but it hit the post. But again, a post is a goalie's best friend, right? That it is. Uh, Post is a goalie's best friend. When a you're my best friend, Drew. Thank you, Ezzy. That's very kind of you to say. I think of you very fondly as well. Uh, The Winnipeg Jets, 3-2 victors over the Calgary Flames. They improved to 24-13-1 on the season. Uh, That puts them firmly in second spot in the uh, Central Division. Minnesota, five points behind them, two games in hand. Uh, But, uh, you know, the Wild were right up on the Jets' keister uh, not that long ago, and the Jets have managed to expand that lead a little bit more and, more importantly, expand it over some of the other teams who who are fighting for the wild card spot right now. And of course, way too early to uh, look at the scoreboard and look at the standings, but a win is a win is a win. And the Winnipeg Jets will gladly take it by tonight's three two margin. That's been the uh, Betway game recap here on the illegal curve post show. It's simple, fun and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. When we come back, much more to discuss about tonight's Jets-Flames game. We'll read some of the comments from the post-game from the players and from head coach Rick Bonus. We'll talk about potential lineup changes ahead of Friday's tilt against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Always exciting when the Lightning come to town. And of course, we got giveaways galore. We got a tough deck, hardest-hitting comment. And we have the grand prize for December. Tickets to an NHL game of your choosing. Don't go anywhere. You won't want to miss this. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're live on YouTube. We're live on all of our uh, social media platforms. 
Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. Come on, there's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. You're muted. It's costume time. 
Are you wearing it's a my onesie? Fire, it's my fireball onesie. Oh, okay. It looks very it might, comfy. It, it does look comfy. It's a nice onesie. I just, yeah, you know, didn't realize. Of our friend, courtesy of our friends at Seagram's. I didn't realize there was a wardrobe change that I needed to uh, needed well, to execute in between commercials. Drew, put your Indiana Jones hat back on. You have you to understand, Drew. First of all, that, I, that, Drew, that hat I, belongs I, to my father-in-law. I, I wasn't about, <laughs> I wasn't about to be taking it home. Although I'm sure if I actually had asked for it, he would have gladly given it to me. But I don't know that I'm. I mean, I can wear it on the short term, but like he can pull off that hat. Like he leaves the house like wearing that hat all the time, and he yeah, like he takes that to the grocery hat. store. Oh yeah, that's like an everyday going out routine hat uh you know i can't pull that off I, I i mean i got swag but i don't have that much swag anyways i'm wearing this because of course it's an exciting announcement our friends dun, at dun, dun, are joining, joining the post game show so dun, 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 dun. love it they've, they're uh they've been sponsoring the website and now they're joining us here on the post game show so as a welcome to our friends at seagram's i've donned the illegal curve fireball it's not an illegal curve it's a fireball seagram's fireball whiskey onesie so uh i've worn this once before now i'm wearing it to, to welcome seagram's aboard the post game show so welcome aboard seagram's our friends and have been great supporters of us of course i got the fireball uh lights behind me and we'll have to get those things going as well and so yeah we're really excited i'm i'm a Sorry, I was just going to say I'm really excited to get the uh, Fireball Fountain in my house so I can drink Fireball uh, 24 hours a day. I thought you were going to shave the word Fireball into your chest hair for Friday's post-game show. That's what I was hoping for. But yes, a big welcome hey, aboard to it. Seagram's. Uh, we've talked about it. You've seen their ads on the website, IllegalCurve.com. And they said, we've seen the shenanigans that Manuk, Ginsburg, and Mandel are up to. As a reputable, as a reputable brand, we need to be associated with those guys <laughs> even more. And I don't see any downside uh, to their decision-making in this case. Yes, yeah, so welcome aboard to our friends at Seagram's, who are now one of the sponsors here of the post game show in addition to their and, uh, sponsorship of the website and part of the reason why i wanted to to get that in there is because i want to make sure frosty winpeg's got the, even though we always include seagram's in there yes now you know it's now it's really official official so that's right so uh frosty you can get to work on making sure that that happens uh and boy and, hold on just and more importantly just yeah. i we, we're, we're still talking to the folks at seagram so we'll find out exactly if they're going to be providing us a commercial but if they give us the opportunity to create an ic Seagram's commercial. I mean, I'm thinking like hangover style. We've lost Ginsburg. Well, maybe actually would Ginsburg be the guy we lost? Probably, probably actually me who would be the guy who gets lost. Or yeah, you we'd do. lose you. Ginsburg yeah. would be uh, Zach Galifianakis, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it would be as he would be wearing the 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 outrageous outfits while carrying a purse. Because uh, as he has a purse, he's actually got a, a quite a collection of purses. I do. Uh, are yeah. they Mercers or are they Mercy? I'm not even sure, but let's go with Mercy. Yeah, plural. Mercyim. Yeah, and and right. and then we'll find you, Dave, somewhere buried in the desert. Like the, we'll go to the we'll go to like the Carberry Desert because we know how you like to explore Manitoba, and that's where we'll find you buried. You know, in keeping with. Well, we should probably go to Gimli. We should probably go to Gimli where there's a Seagram's plant. There you go. We oh, can find you. Yes, we can find you unconscious in in the Seagram's uh, in in the in the uh, in the Seagram's plant. There, that makes it. That makes it in the Crown Royal plant. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Look, the brains. This is this is like us storyboarding an idea, folks. This is the behind <laughs> the scenes stuff. Don't worry. And, for the, and and I know. Hey, look, I know people are asking, are we going to talk hockey? Of course. We, we first of all, we spent the first forty five minutes of the show talking about hockey, if not more. But uh, you know, this is exciting stuff. And I promise you, the Grid Park. Uh, uncut. It's Outtakes, not going to be the whole thing because, yeah. as Drew said, it, it is six minutes, so it's a little bit long. But I'll try and I'm going to try and consolidate it 
and then just show you some of the funny bits of it. It's yeah, funny bits. You, you, none of you want you, none of you guys want to see Dave and I screaming at each other for six minutes as neither of us can can manage to get through a commercial with a straight face. Nobody there is wants an to audience see that. for that. I mean, if there's an audience for you know furries, there's an audience for this, guys. That's uh, fair That's enough. Wrong. I guess in that sense, you're right. Uh, Brendan Dillon was asked what part of him the puck hit. Yeah, when he scored the opening goal in tonight's game, he said that it hit his pants. He followed that up by saying, "I have a big butt, so it hit the it hit my big butt." Is, is and he will he not lie. <laughs> Thank you, Ezzy. But there Your you other go. That's, uh, some the, that's some of the post game analysis coming out of the Jets dressing room. Uh, here's Rick Bonus about Billy Hainala, and I think that. Uh, uh, it was up on the screen earlier, uh, courtesy of Bailey. So uh, in case you missed it, Rick Bonus, or in case you're on the, listening to the podcast, uh, Rick Bonus said that uh, this is how they want to see Vili Hainala playing tonight was how we want Hainala to play. He was reliable defensively, but he was skating the puck and he was using his mobility on the offensive blue line and he was looking to shoot more tonight. So that's Rick Bonus. And I thought an interesting one uh, in response to a question from Murat, uh, Murat Atash of The Athletic, uh, Murat asked Rick Bonus about the old school idea that the NHL isn't a developmental league. Here's mm-hmm. Rick Bonus's answer. Quote, it's still a develop, developmental league because of the salary cap and the young players coming into, le- into the league and you've got to help them learn how to play at this level. I know that the NHL not being a developmental league is a cliche of the years that have gone past, but not anymore. To me, there's a lot of young players in the league that need a lot of coaching. So a real interesting quote there. And I think a real interesting approach uh, from Rick Bonus talking about young players and how you integrate young players and that it's no longer uh, a fair expectation to expect young players to be fully cooked when they come to the NHL, that they still need a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of uh, time in the frying pan before they're fully ready at the NHL level. As yeah, they need a little salt and pepper. But look, it's a it's a contrast to Paul Maurice, right? Like we we said that the biggest downfall, I think, especially the last couple of years of Paul Maurice, was you know he didn't he didn't trust young players. It's not that he wouldn't play young players, but I mean, every, anybody who watched. You know, Hainala in his brief NHL action last year, it seemed like if he made a mistake, okay, send him back to the AHL, right? Like, yeah. and the thing is, like, as Dave mentioned, he's 21 years old now. He's a 2019 draft pick. And there was a bad giveaway in the Oilers game that led to a goal. So it's not like Hainala is is all of a sudden, you know, a perfect defenseman, but he's clearly playing with more confidence. And Drew touched on it. Like he's playing better in his own zone. And it's a cliche, but usually if you're taking care of business in your own zone, it's translating to, you know, confidence in the offensive zone. And you saw that on, on the game-winning goal, right? So it's going to be a tough decision. And, and you know, it, it's really anybody's guess as to who's going to come out. Well, let's talk but, about I mean, that decision. But, but so, the money so, would – I mean, you have to think, Drew, it's going to be one of Sandberg and Hainola for the simple fact that those are your two younger defensemen, right? If a guy like Neil Pionk is banged up, because Neil Pionk hasn't been great this year. If he's banged up, and I don't know that he for sure is, but my, you know, my spidey sense would tell me that he's dealing with something. You're saying it's tingling, Drew. It's tingling, and it's not just because my leg is asleep. My my spidey sense is tingling. And I, I would you be shocked if it was a guy like Neil Pionk who maybe gets an opportunity, gets a couple days off to maybe heal up if something's been ailing him, if he's been the loyal soldier. Well, if that's the case, I wouldn't soldier. be surprised. But I, I just don't know, right? Like. 
it's possible that he's dealing with something, Drew, but if I, I would be surprised, let's put it this way, if, if it was more than you know a game or two, if it was something that was just lingering. But I mean, I agree with you in the sense that you know Pionk has struggled. He hasn't struggled offensively. He no. struggled defensively. Right. And we have to mention that Pionk has had a variety of defensive partners, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. Brendan Dillon, I think, is who he works best with, but he's played with Dylan Sandberg. He's played with Josh Morrissey, right, Dave? So mm-hmm. I think, I mean, look, at I mean, he can play with anybody. I mean, the the, the veteran veteran players are, are, the, are the ones that can play with anybody, right? Like, look at Mark Scheifele. You look at Pierre-Luc Dubois, Kyle Connor, uh, Adam Lowry's playing on the wing, right? Like, yeah, you can move these guys around. Um but yeah, Drew, it's possible, I guess, if if there is something that they feel he would be better off, you know, sitting out a sitting out a few games. But the other thing too, I wanted to mention, I agree with you. Friday night, you got you know Tampa Bay, you know, defending Stanley Cup finalists, two-time Stanley Cup champions in the last three years. Like, I think you know, if you're Rick Bonus, you do have to be a little bit careful, uh, you know, considering the team you're playing and the fact that you know you're still in in win now mode in terms of like. You're still chasing Dallas, and you mentioned there's a little bit of separation between the Wild. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, if all three guys are ready to come back, being Perfetti, Ehlers, and Nate Schmidt. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I think there's no doubt that Hainala has arrived, and you know maybe he gets sent back down to the Moose. But you know I think he's played well enough to stay with the Jets. Well, the, you know, and this is a good problem to have, Dave, but there really isn't one clear-cut player on the back end who's played his way out of the lineup. I mean, then injuries, you know, you know. look, if Neil Pionk is not going to be made a healthy scratch, um, even though his play has been uh, lacking at times, he's not going to be made a healthy scratch. But if he's banged up and they can give him a few days off and that gives him a, a little bit of an opportunity to kick the can down the road of a decision for a little while longer, then that wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. But Sandberg and Hanela have both, you know, uh, justified their inclusion in the lineup, Dave. I think it's going to be very interesting. I think his waiver eligibility could work against him uh, because he does have that. So, I mean, and not only does he have it for this year, he's got it for next year as well. So, Two year, more years of waiver eligibility for uh, for uh, Billy Hainola definitely doesn't help him because you know it's an, he makes a decision easier if if two guys are fairly on par and you're not. And remember, what did Rick Bonus say ten games ago? I'm happy to have one of these guys step up and seize the role. It seemed like he was prepared to. We saw this years ago, and I don't want to make this a minute moose minute or anything like that. But we saw this years ago with the moose and. Uh, it was Leon Gavanke, Johnny Kovacevic, and Luke Green. And it was it was a the three, they were all rookies, and it was the three of them kind of rotating in out and out of either one or two spots with the Manitoba Moose until they kind of had one guy or two in this instance, because both Kovacevic and Gavanke both kind of stepped up and assumed roles, and Luke Green didn't. So he played a lot less frequently. And it seems like, again, he's Rick Bonus is prepared to allow that to happen in this instance and have Dylan Sandberg or Vili Hainola or, again, Logan Stanley's not playing for a while, but I would put him in that category of one of those, quote, youngish players who's ready to step in. And obviously, Sandberg's older. He just played college longer, so he came in as, as an older player. But the reality is I think he's prepared to allow these guys to step up and say, hey, if you're going to seize this role – I'm not taking you out of the lineup. If you're going to show me that you don't need to be out, even if it means we're going to have to expose someone to waiver and we're going to keep Billy Hainole in the lineup, Rick Bonus, I would suspect, I would be shocked if he wouldn't do that based on merit. So I, I would 
think that it's going to be giving these guys an opportunity, giving these guys a leash. And then you're right. Then they have to evaluate. And the truth is, look, at the end of the day, you want to have defensive depth, right? As like, you want to be able to keep your guys, you know, when you're healthy, you need that. We're seeing that with this Jets team. We're seeing that. Well, Logan, you know, Logan Stanley is probably number eight on the depth chart now. Oh, easy. Maybe, oh, maybe he number might, nine. He might be nine, actually. Yeah. In fact, I I'd, think I'd he is put Capo Bianco ahead of him. Yeah, that's right. Well, he gets power play time. Uh, Stanley doesn't use exactly. Get power play is a power play specialist. So, <laughs> so Anyways. I mean, I, again, like I said, I, no, I, I would just say quickly, just add the finish that thought off. It's just I, yeah. I don't, I can't give you a, an answer because you know Rick Bonus kind of hedged, right? He said like, look, I will when he was asked about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if if Kyle if Villian knows the easy answer because he would just go back to the AHL easily. And I'm tell, let me tell you something: the Moose wouldn't be upset to get. Uh, like they'll be very happy to get Jets Harkins back when they're playing uh, Laval tomorrow night. And they'll be very happy to get back whomever they get back from the Jets as these players get healthy. Cause of course, you know, the Jets are bursting at the seams with guys who are, you know, the 23 man roster plus on IR. Mm-hmm. So the fact is the Moose are going to get back some players provided that they'll there, if they need to clear waivers, they clear waivers, but it's going to make for a very interesting, cause like a guy like Ezzy, guy like Kevin Stanland, he's not coming out of the lineup. Right, Michael Essimon. Okay, my, I mean, again, we did. I still drew. As far as I know, we don't know why he was. Uh, it went. They went eleven and seven. Right. So no, there was, was no. That, there, I'm, there, it I'm was a little surprised of, by that. By the way, that there would nothing be. Well, they, I mean, we talked about it. I mean, the only thing that really makes sense is is to be certain about Morris for, for John yeah, Morrissey. That right. That makes. Sense. I mean, because you, you haven't seen eleven and seven before this year, right? Well, you don't want to go twelve and six with a guy who's iffy and then end up with five D right. for well, you know, for for an extended period of the game. I mean if it happens, it happens. Uh you know, because injuries happen obviously mid game. We see it all the time. But you don't if a guy is, is iffy at 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 more at the skate, you don't want to you don't want to get caught with your pants down and and be down, you know, five to five D very early in and, the game. And there's gonna be like Jansen Harkins we expect he hasn't been officially reassigned, right? Dave unless you know, I'm mistaken. No, he I don't, he I don't think he's been reassigned. So he was technically yeah. a healthy scratch, but he wasn't in the dressing room, right? So That's Harkins right. is going to be reassigned, we expect. And then most likely there's going to be at least one more player that's reassigned. And I agree with you, Dave. As it stands now, you would probably a couple of weeks ago have thought it was Kevin Stenland that would be the first to be reassigned. But it, yeah. there's a good chance it's going to be Mikey Essimont. I would think you're probably right there. Stenland, his, he, that line has played, you know, again, that line... Uh, you don't see it on the score sheet, but for the most part, I thought they were effective. That's a big bodied mm-hmm. line right there. Yeah. You know, a great and for the record, can win yeah. faceoffs. Yeah, he can win faceoffs. He can play on the wing. He's he's yeah. just a hard worker. Like you know, he, he you know he can he has a little bit of an offensive touch, but he's not a guy that you're expecting. Like that's bonus if he gets a not Rick bonus. That's a you know a, yeah a bonus. B o n u s exactly. So uh, I agree. I think Stenlin has proven himself as a guy that can be a solid you know fourth liner. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look at things are only going to get better for the jets with Ehlers, Perfettian and Schmidt coming back and then Wheeler and Manaline. And we expect, you know, not that far off from, from those three. Right. So, I mean, not everybody's going to be able to stick up with the jets, which is a good thing, right? Like, and, and the thing is Dave's talked about this before too. I mean, Jeff Malott is a guy that, you know, you can make an argument that he should have been, uh, you know, given a, a call up, but Jeff Malott maybe doesn't have the same type of you know, pro pedigree, defensive forward pedigree as Kevin Stenlin, right? So that's why mm-hmm. I imagine Stenlin was chosen ahead of Jeff Malott. But there's other guys, Alex Limoge, Davis talked about a lot. Like there's other guys that are knocking at the door. So the fact that the Jets are this far down the depth chart and you're talking about, you know, it being hard to send these guys back. Like Essimont, I thought, you know, his play has dropped a little bit, Dave, but 
you know, yeah. for a while there, he was a regular in the lineup and he was, you know, uh, you know, we were calling him Charlie Hustle. Like he was a guy that was noticeable out there, yeah. even if he wasn't, you know, on the score sheet. So, I mean, the Jets depth has definitely improved as opposed to last year. Speaking of Charlie Hustle, I'm fairly certain that Pete Rose was on my flight from Cincinnati to Minnesota yesterday or two days ago. I didn't want really? to disturb him, but when I walked in, you know, he was, I don't know why he'd be going to Minnesota necessarily, but I walked in on the plane and fortunately he was sitting up there in business class. Cause uh, you know, these, if you're, you know, if you're the all-time hits leader, you should sit in business class in my books. And he was decked out and wearing a, a reds hat and he had some sunglasses on, but I definitely did a double take and he definitely sort of gave me a nod. And so, you know, I got to fly with uh, baseball royalty. Uh, no word if he gambled on the flight landing or not uh, like Kramer, uh at the at the airport on sign i was gonna ask you if you were wearing any betway gear i was gonna say like if that would have rubbed him the wrong way if you came over and talked to him with the big betway uh, hoodie or or t-shirt but that's pretty cool as you mentioned hits leader one of the best players of all time pretty cool one of the best players of all time indeed but uh, i thought that was a little bit of a ra- there's a random segue you mentioning charlie hustle uh, as well uh hardest hitting comment we're going to get into some contest giveaway time there as the har- hardest hitting comment for tonight's winnipeg jets 3-2 victory over the calgary flames who is getting a toque to keep them warm courtesy of our friends at tough duck yeah, it's not the not the coldest, but like you still need a toque. So we're gonna give it to Robert Starr. We see Robert often in the IC post game show and the Saturday show. You've got it up there, Drew. Like this comment. Jets have done an awesome job weathering the storm of all the injuries with this crucial three-game win streak. Now, if 88, 91, and 27, obviously he's talking about Schmidt, Perfetti, and Ehlers are back, it will take time to get back into form, especially Ehlers. We talked about that. Nobody's expecting Ehlers to score a hat-trick in his first game back, but I wouldn't put it past him, <laughs> the type of player he was, <laughs> he is. I, w- I, w- I would actually expect him to score a goal in his first game back, but I agree. I mean, I think especially the last couple of games, um, I didn't watch any of the Vancouver games, so I can't speak to that, even though I think the Jets played a, a pretty good game in, in Sam Gagne's number 1,000 game. But in the in the last two games, I mean, the Jets haven't played their A games, but they also have been missing a lot of their best players. What they have uh, been missing is, you know, namely Perfetti and, and Ehlers, but those guys are coming back. So like that comment, Robert, send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com or slide it to my DMs at ICSEG, and Tough Duck will send you a toque. There you go. Congratulations to Robert, winner of tonight's Tough Duck Hardest hitting comment we have a unique code word that we have to announce for tonight's game that is has to do with the illegal curve merchandise contest here's where i go through my spiel about how you enter the illegal curve merchandise contest a fresh a fresh new a new contest because it's now january so everything is reset all your past entries are scrapped you got to start everything is new again drew Everything is new in in January. Everything is new in 2023. You click the link in the show description. It says Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest, and there's a contest link. You click that link. If you can't find it in the show description here on the YouTube page, then you go to our website, IllegalCurve.com. You basically open up any article, and you click the link there. You'll see a whole bunch of tasks that you need to do in order to gain entries to in the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest. Do one task, gain one entry, maybe that's good enough for you then you got your one entry the more you do the tasks the more consistently you do the tasks the more consistently you interact with everything we do here at illegal curve the more entries you're going to get and as a result the more chances you're going to have to win some of our great winnipeg jets merchandise that we give away here on the illegal curve post game show dave manuk the unique code word for the illegal curve contest for tonight 
please explain Callaway Park to the good people in the audience. First of all, I'm I'm furiously trying to figure out who was the Joker, Frosty, who already somehow guessed the unique code word. There's no way Frosty got. Although I will admit, though, Drew, I there was part of me that was wondering if I had already used this one before. I don't I know, think obviously. so because I'm not familiar with Callaway Park. Okay, well, Callaway Park. Uh, it's a park. It's, it's a park in Alberta. It's actually a park in Calgary. It's a park in Calgary. It's got a great, uh, It's it, when I was Swing. a kid, when my uncle was a professor of medicine out in the University of Calgary. Went to uh, to visit him and he uh, took me to Callaway Park in Calgary. It had some, uh, it's kind of, I don't want to say it was like Tinkertown, but it's kind of like that idea. So uh, Callaway Park is it. And somehow one of you, one of you, I suspect Frosty, I can't, I'm going to go figure it out right now, uh, already guessed the unique code word. So uh, well done. Well done, Frosty. I will actually. Now there's already been 17 of you who have claimed it. Boy, you guys are fast. So hold on, let's go see who the first person was. Dieter, well done. Lisa, Les, Jason, Linda, Darwin. Oh, Frosty wasn't. Bruce. All right, Bruce. Well, I think you were the first person to guess it, unless it's not giving me the order. No, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't Bruce. I don't know, boys. Anyways, all I know is that someone guessed like it early. It's like watching Dave's inner monologue, uh, you know, <laughs> as he's going through things, but we're just getting to hear it instead. Well, I mean, because I'm furious. I don't know how there was one person who guessed it. Anywho, point is, Callaway Park, I w- it was fun when I was a kid, went there with my uncle, and uh, I tried to go a little off the beaten path with that one. And uh, yeah, Calgary Disneyland. There, you go. Thank you, Manny Fran, for giving me that heads up. You know, could have gone with the dinosaurs, something along those lines. Yeah, roller coasters. I go. stay yeah, off the roller coasters. See, I'm, I'm with Justin Fung. The way I described it was like a Calgary Tinker Town. I'm with you, Ezzy. I stay off the roller coasters too. My oh, inner ear gets a little, it gets all wonky. Oh, no, it's funny. No, I was I'm never big. I, was, like, I don't want to go on a roller coaster and then puke all over myself. I will say, yeah. I was never. A There's other ways coaster. I can do that. I was. Yeah, you true. do that just by drinking excessively and eating excessively. I, yeah, exactly. But I will much say, healthier. I, I will say, I was never a big roller coaster person. However, I tried. Uh, which one did I do? I think it was the Hulk one in Orlando, and uh, that was fun. But overall, okay. I wouldn't do it. I'm not a big roller coaster dude. Yeah, I'm not a roller coaster guy either. That's uh, I go to the, on the Ferris wheel with my kids. I don't like heights. I'm not a, uh, and, and the Ferris yeah. wheel is enough no. for me. Just you know, I'm not a big Ferris. I wheel wouldn't guy. even do that. I, I belong on the ground. I belong on exactly. solid ground. Yeah. Swimming, I'm okay with as you know, swimming yeah. pool. I'm fine with that. But I, I'm a solid ground guy. Yeah. I, I can't dunk. I don't need to get air underneath me. I'm I'm good on the solid ground. Uh, the, more importantly, or Callaway Park, C A L A. W-A-Y, just not Callaway like the golf brand, uh, but if they're looking to sponsor, hint, hint. Uh, Callaway <laughs> with one L. Uh, and, and, and You're Callaway more of a tailor-made Park. guy, Drew. Okay, that's fine. I do, I do have a tailor-made dri- driver as well, but I'm willing to sell out for the to the highest uh, golf bidder, no questions about it. Uh, so Callaway Park, C-A-L-A-W-A-Y, Park, all one word, is your unique uh, code word for the Illegal Curve contest. But we have a grand prize winner to announce, Dave M. For all the contests in, in December, we have a grand prize winner. We're sending somebody to an NHL game of their choosing. 
which means that the grand prize, so the first, from now on, the first game of every month is going to be where we announce the grand prize winner from the previous month. So it'll happen again in early February and early March and early April. Oh, oh, Drew, remember, there's no games in early February. So we'll probably do this one (laughs) at the end of January. Well, that's just the way the schedule falls. That's not my fault. Hold on. Before we get, before we get, you got the comment up there from our good friend. I know. I thought it was very interesting. Um, so did that mean maybe Brent, did they, did they move it? Like, did they physically move all of the rides and everything from well, Regina? Brent's an architect, so I would imagine in a bit of a historian as well. So I would imagine he's not just pulling that out of thin air, boys. I would imagine that that. Oh no, no, no! I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't no, no, questioning no, no. Look, it. I look, was just like saying, any like, good, like any good architect, Brent is going to need to consult with an engineer before giving us his answer. <laughs> that's funny but no i just i'm, I'm not I, i'm curious if he means like there was another tinkertown like that was the first one in regina or all of the infrastructure was actually moved from regina it's i would suspect anyways. i would suspect as he it is the latter not the former yeah i would think that uh dave is probably right but brent will of course update us in the chat uh, assuming he's not too insulted uh by my engineering <laughs> comment there but uh, i think he knows it's all in good fun and my father-in-law speaking of going back to the grandfather clock and the, and the hat my father-in-law is an engineer so i do have to you know give nice. i have to side with team with team engineer nice. in this case and no offense brent okay uh, the, winner, any, can the next can, the, ahead, can the next unique code word be fun mountain hot tub sure <laughs> <laughs> that thing was disgusting Congratulations to Scott Holmes. Scott Scotty. Holmes is the first winner of the Legal Curve Grand Prize for the season. Yes. The December winner, Scott Holmes. So, Scott, you are going to you want a pair of tickets to an NHL game of your choice for next month. So I'm going to email you. Actually, I'm going to get your email to the people who are supplying us with those tickets, and they will be in contact with you. So uh, congratulations to Scott. And... Uh, by the yeah. way, have you have you uh, confirmed with our friends at Betway? Like, does can he pick a game if there's a game overseas, or is it just in North America? <laughs> I think it has to be in the contingent. Uh, well, I believe North I said America. an NH. I said an NHL game, Doctor Ginsburg. So right. uh, as long well, as I'm just trying NHL. to. Hey, I mean, I, uh, like a Pepsi fighter jet was seven million points, right? Like, I just want to make sure that there, you know there's no. Uh, did you watch? No, did you watch that uh, documentary there, there? No, I haven't. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Neither have I, but uh, you know, it looks it as reference. he talked about. You know, I've well, been watching talked... Harry and Meghan like just like I've watched, I've watched the whole thing like at least eleven times. So I, I just don't watch anything else. I just keep rewatching <laughs> Harry and Meghan. <laughs> that's what I sort of thought. I thought that's you. Do, you didn't actually go I'm outside. Not, I'm not joking, by the way. I've actually watched it eleven times. I'm joking. Yeah, you were just you were you, you didn't go outside in Mexico. You were just glued to the TV set watching uh, Harry. You put actually you actually watched it in Spanish so you could get the so you yes, practice up on your Spanish. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Buenas noches, Drew. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dos cervezas, por favor, is basically what I think you were saying yeah. over and over yeah. again. More like the mojitos. Yeah, in any event, congratulations. Yeah, Scott Holmes. Congratulations to Scott Holmes, winner of the grand prize uh, of, of an NHL game of your choosing, presumably within North America. And uh, we'll be in touch with you. Uh, Dave will uh, take care of all that on his end, right? I got it. There you go, Dave M., the man with the plan here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. We got a couple days off. Friday, next action for the Winnipeg Jets, Tampa Bay Lightning. They've already built it as Vasilevsky versus Hellebuck and all the promotions, which means I assume David Riddick isn't going to get the start, although that would be very funny. Uh, as somebody who always enjoys a little bit of chaos, it would be funny if that was to occur, but I would not expect that to be the case. Friday, 
Jets and Lightning, 9.45 p.m. The post-game show Saturday morning, the Illegal Curve Hockey Show, 9 a.m. back here on this fine YouTube channel. And then again, Sunday afternoon, 4.45 p.m. after the Jets and the Canucks wrap up the season series with yet another game between these two teams. It's like three games in the span of, what, three and a half weeks, something like that. Uh, So the Jets and the Canucks on Sunday as well. Want to say a big thank you, Frosty Winnipeg. Hope you're ready. Big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. I hope uh, Frosty's updated the ticker to say Kelly Taylor is performing at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club this Good week. Saskatchewan Lindley boy, right, oh, yeah. Dental right Center. there. He is a great Saskatchewan boy, does a lot of uh, stuff with hockey and hockey players. He's performed in all sorts of NHL dressing rooms. Uh, he, you will, uh, he is very popular, so you will see uh, some players, I suspect, at Rumors this week. Let's get him uh, on our show. Kelly Taylor. What would you say, Ezzy? Let's get him on our show. Let's have him well, on. Maybe, maybe. We'll see. Maybe we can look it up for think Saturday he, morning. Do, uh, I have a question, though. Do you think he could actually follow up Spencer being the second guest of unexpected guest of on a legal curve? Well, he would be, I mean, a little different, probably, circumstances. We'd invite Kelly. Nobody and... can follow up Spencer. Spencer's Spence in a class of hard his own. To... I mean, you don't, I'm not don't, sure I can follow up Spencer. keep up with Spencer. Yeah. Spencey. I'm not, I'm not sure I can do it. So Spencer it, and it, gang, it's actually. sort of a lost cause. Don't forget Spencer's friends. Yeah. Uh, Lyndon Mark- yeah, Spencer Dental only Center. comes on when you're not on the show, by the way. That's fair. Dr. Les Rikus and the team at Lyndon Market Dental Center. Zapia Group Realty. Betway, they're the official title sponsor of this post-game show. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, they're decided to put uh, additional resources into this nonsense that we do. We thank them for that. Rollies Transfer, Grid Park, and the Keg support these fine businesses because their continued support of illegal curve hockey. Winnipeg Jets victorious tonight, 3-2 over the Calgary Flames. We're back in action Friday night, 9.45, with the Illegal Curve postgame show. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. Uh, uh, follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all of our social media. And tell your friends, tell your family. Andrew, yes, Dave? I just just to explain to Mr. Patty Bates, can you yeah. only win the grand prize with these entries? Yes, any entries any entries yes will get you a chance to win the grand prize so just be aware of that anytime you enter the contest yes it, it accumulates throughout the course of the month and then finally the last draw i do of the yeah. month will win the be the grand prize winner so everybody and the truth is all the people who have won including spencer sutton who's a, a winner can also win phyllis's Again. as well can also yeah. win the grand prize so it's you you don't get eliminated your, your entries are still there, so there can be repeat winners uh, that is possible. So just so you know that it'll always, all, everything accumulates at the end of the month, so you've got uh, 14 more games plus, like I said, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give you many opportunities. You know, just you can follow Legal Curve, you can follow all of us, you can reach, go to our TikTok, go to the YouTube page, do all of the, go to the website, legalcurve.com. That's worth, I think, three entries every single day. That's Guys, that's an easy, what is that, 90 extra votes. Let's just yeah. do it. It's not hard. Every single not day, hard. go to legalcurve.com. Get your Jets information. And I want to be work in. That's and what you got to do. That's what you're saying. Put the work in. Put the work in. And more importantly, more importantly, uh, a big shout out to the people who are jumping onto the uh, podcast and leaving leaving us comments because I noticed another two in the last couple of days. So I really, again, for me, I really appreciate that folks are are doing that. It's really helpful for us, for the podcast, uh, for people to become more aware of it. And Drew, I'll let you give back your spiel, but I just want to thank people and answer that question. 
There you go. Exactly. You took away some of my spiel, but it just made it a little bit easier on me. So I appreciate it. We'll be back in action Friday night, 9.45 p.m. here on our YouTube channel, all of our social media platforms. In the meantime, IllegalCurve.com is where you're going to find the latest Winnipeg Jets news and, of course, audio. So we'll see you on Friday. Until then, for Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. If it's or uh, thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post game show here <laughs> on YouTube and all of our social media platforms. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, illegalcurve.com.